0: hey friends and welcome back to the equestrian podcast
1: i'm your host bethany lee and this is episode 334 still trying to get that voice back but i wanted to come on because we had such a great opportunity to interview an amazing guest today she is an eventer who recently won the rolex kentucky three-day event which is an amazing feat she was the first person since 2008 as a U.S. rider to win this event. She has also been traveling all around the world with Team USA, traveling reserve in the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games, winning Team Silver at the 2022 World Equestrian Games, and lots more. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Tammy Smith. Hi, Tammy. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on.
2: Yeah, I'm excited to excited to speak to you guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell me how you first got started in the horse world. I'm so excited to talk about Kentucky and all the super amazing things that are happening right now, but how did you first get started? Um I grew up with horses in my backyard. Um we lived
2: in kind of a a community that had like small properties and my parents' trail road and my brothers, um just as a hobby. Uh, And so I've kind of had horses in my life since I can even
1: remember. That's so cool. Um, Did you, at what point was there a certain point in time where you were like, wow, I like, I really want to do this and have this be a really big part of my life? Or was it kind of gradually over time? I think, um,
2: so I started taking lessons when I turned eight years old. My trainer that i first started training with and then that i grew up riding with actually all into my mid 20s was um a lady that my mom was taking eventing lessons from and then when i turned 8 years old she then accepted students she didn't accept any students until they were 8 and so i started taking lessons with her and progressed through the lesson program, I was a very timid rider. Um, but I think I, you know, was very, I'm, I'm an animal lover, but also the horses were just kind of this very intimate part of my life. Um, and my mother was riding. So I wanted to do, of course, like any kid, they want to do what their parents do. And so I started riding with, uh, with Kim Shide was her name is her name and went on to you know events and had it pretty much in my life you know basically since I was eight years old so I think that I decided that I wanted to be I knew I always wanted to ride I feel like that's kind of a a thing that you are either born with or not you know you people say, Oh, they've gotten bit with the horse bug kind of thing. I, I've, you know, always been very enamored and had a a great love for the horses. And so that's never wavered really through all my years uh, of riding. But I would say that the becoming a professional, you know, I never honestly thought that I would probably become a professional rider because I, I don't know. I, I just, that wasn't something in my mind. I thought I would be, I would become like like the CEO of a company or something. You know, I would go to school and, and be involved in some sort of company. And so kind of ironically, I guess I am the CEO of my business. So, um, um, yeah, so I, I became a professional basically right after I had my son, and so I was just in my late 20s, and here we are today.
1: Wow. that Yeah, that's so cool. I feel like, was there anything that you did or worked on or kind of used to overcome your timid nature when it came to riding? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of bravery and and strength, and that, that kind of goes into riding, especially, um, you know, different disciplines and yours especially. So what would you say to someone listening who tends to be, you know, timid in nature, maybe a timid rider, maybe something has happened that has caused them to be timid? Um, What are some things that you do to kind of harness that or work on that? I
2: think growing up, um, you know, when you're a kid, it's funny because I feel like, the more educated I became and the more I understood the writing aspect of it, yeah. the more confident I became. Right. And, um, but when I was a kid, you know, where you hear most often like kids are fearless and they kind of just, you know, they, they will do anything and they're never fearful. I, I think I was definitely not like that. Like I didn't like writing, roller coasters or, you know, I was definitely not a daredevil. I was very cautious as a kid, but I had like a tremendous trust in my trainer, you know, kind of, if she said to do something, I was more afraid of not doing it (laughs) than, you know, I was more afraid of her, you know, more of not doing it than actually doing it and having something happen. And, you know, really over the years riding with her, she, you know, instilled that confidence and that belief mm-hmm. that, that I could do it. And so probably not, you know, in more of an old school way.
0: Yes. <laughs> I was just
2: going yeah,
1: <laughs> I feel necessarily. like, <laughs> I feel like when we were growing up um, in, in kind of in kind of our day and age when uh, we had that very healthy fear of our trainers. <laughs> yeah. And now being a trainer myself, I'm like, gosh, I am so nice.
2: <laughs> but yeah. It's just well, you, different. you
1: can't, you can't, you can't yell at people
2: and tell right. them to get over that or you're going to choke yeah. them out. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Oh man. That's so true. Well, I would just want to say congratulations on your huge win in Kentucky this year. Um, you have been the first, in the U.S. to win Land Rover Kentucky three-day uh, five-star, I think since what 2008, um, yeah, which crazy. is such a huge accomplishment. What what has that felt like since since Kentucky?
2: You know, I don't think it's really sunk in yet. Yeah. Um, for me, I wanted an American to win, regardless if it was me. Of course, the competitor in me always wants to win, but sure. um, but to have to have an american win you know i think collectively us as a nation were all very ready for an american mm-hmm. to win and i you know there's there's such a a tremendous depth i feel like in our sport with you know many riders great horses and so it, you know it has eluded us although you you kind of stop and you and you go how and you know mm-hmm. why but I think a lot of people understand that there's at this sport, this modern sport, you, you definitely have to have some luck on your side, but you also have to be such a detailed and, and disciplined rider right. and your horse has to, you know, everything just has to fall into place. You, you can train and you can do all the things and you can have, you know, the stats that prove that you're capable of winning, but then to have it happen on the day you know, for me, a testament to the team that's behind my bomb and myself, who've helped me achieve, you know, such a great result. So that list is, you know, it's a book long, you know, throughout my, throughout my career, but um, there's so many people invested, and there's so much strategy involved with understanding how to do this and you know, peak your horses and keep them healthy and do it at the right time and understand, you know, what kind of horse you're under and what you're wanting to do and to achieve. And, you know, then, then you get there and you hope that you've, you know, you haven't left anything on the table. So, you know, I will say it's just, it's been, it means a, a so much to have finally have that happen, but I'm still, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still a little bit like, okay, I feel really excited that it happened, but I feel like I have so much more to do. So I'm just kind of looking on to the next, the next thing.
1: I mean, obviously you've competed in many five-star events over the years. Did you prepare any differently for this one? No, I will
2: say that I'm definitely a student of the sport. So I will say that I will always, um, be looking for more information all the time and um each year i gain more knowledge um i think that anyone that is in a high level sport that's trying to become the best i think you're always looking for you know to to improve and so maybe i throughout the years you know i i learn little things that you know could help me for the next competition or i learn a little bit more about my horse or you know maybe they're more trained each year you think and so i think that you know is a culmination of getting the right knowledge and being able to put it to use and then you know having kind of everything fall back into place knowing that you know you prepare the best you can and then it has to all kind of come together so and you know that the thing that's one of the I think at, at, in our sport, that's so frustrating is although you don't have to have a dressage horse to win at this level, especially now, you do have to be very good at dressage. And so you, you start out on a subjective, you know, opinion from the judges and you hope that, you know, they're, they're in alignment with the same training that you are. and Right the knowledge and you hope your horse can perform on the day and and so to have that all kind of go together it's a little um it's it's difficult in our sport because the first phase is subjective even though for the most part I think that the judging is such at a high quality you will get someone's opinion that you know like someone else's horse better or that horse the way it moves or the way it looks is in a, a more appealing desire than you know than your horse and so um that's a you know sometimes i mean i wasn't winning the dressage so i was a little nervous about being able to to move up in the standings having you know two world champions in ahead of me after dressage you know you expect a Dublin horse, although he was green, uh, or not green, but, uh, new to Tom as a ride. Um, he still is very experienced and Tom is very experienced, but you can't so substitute a partnership with a horse and rider. And then to be up against, you know, our reigning world champion, um, Yaz and her beautiful horse, um, who I think is probably one of the best horses in the world. It's hard to, even fathom that you, you know, you're going to be able to overtake them once, you know, once they've beaten you in the dressage. So, but as everyone knows in the sport of eventing, anything can happen.
1: Right, <laughs> That is so true. Well, tell me a little bit more about your partner. What does he like to ride? Uh, my mom, we call him Lexus in the barn. Hmm. he,
2: is quite a quirky horse. Um, he isn't the easiest horse, uh, although he is an absolute beautiful creature to to be with and ride every day. I joke with people that he's like a, mar- a magic carpet across the ground because he's so light on his feet and such a such a professional at the shows. But his training day to day, he is a little bit. I would explain him kind of like the smart kid in school that isn't challenged so right. he kind of gets in trouble and and goofs around a little too much <laughs> and he actually knows the difference and i think um what's so cool he's he's such an intelligent creature but he knows where he can be he can misbehave and he knows when it counts and so it's it's fun you have you know i always say to people the two two emotions you're allowed to have in writing is patience and a sense of humor and Mm -hmm. uh if when i have a sense of humor he makes me laugh every day but it can be frustrating at times um dealing with him because he is such a he's such a goofball you know i'll be walking around and he won't spook at anything and then five minutes later, he sees the same thing that he's just seen. And he's wheeling around, um, galloping back to the barn, you know, so you're just like, what is happening? I think they all have a little bit of quirkiness to them, though, when they're at the top, when they're a horse that can, you know, do the top sport. I mean, I think even people are, are a little bit quirky, just like their horses a bit.
1: Totally true. I feel like every, all of the top horses have a little bit of, yeah, freakiness to them. That's just, yeah, not not yeah. normal. <laughs> of the show jumping, cross country and dressage, does he specifically like shine in one event over the other? I mean,
2: I will say overall, I think that Lexus could have probably been a straight show jumping horse. Um, really? You know, in that sport. And I think he could have been a very good, top dressage horse. He also, to me, is a very, very good cross-country horse. So, I will say that when you watch him, I think that he is quite an example of what you'd want in any discipline, honestly, and that's rare to find. I would say that, you know, for me, I absolutely love riding him cross-country if I could change anything about him I wish his and you know I wish he was a higher percentage of thoroughbred so that the five-star test wouldn't feel so you know the endurance phase wouldn't feel so hard for him right I mean he still has a very you know I I just wish that you know that was a little bit easier for him the Mm -hmm. endurance phase but other than that I mean the jumps I mean I haven't he went around badminton. I remember walking around the track and going, This is ginormous. Mm-hmm. And I've never galloped up to a cross country jump. I hate saying it because it's not easy, but it feels so easy on him, if that makes sense. Um, <gasps> so I would say that I really love riding him cross country if a five star
0: was 10 minutes long. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yep.
0: <laughs> that's so cool. In the summer months, I feel like a lot of places that we horse show also tend to have lots and lots of rain. And it's always the worst when you have, you know, a hot summer day with a bunch of rain and you also have a bunch of rain gear. And it's just like the worst feeling in the world being hot and raining and disgusting and gross. But... I want to talk about whether or not equestrian because if you have not tried their breeches oh my gosh I am putting you on to a life-changing material that is absolutely so revolutionary and I feel like everyone needs a pair if not several whether or not equestrian breeches first of all they are waterproof and I know when i say waterproof you say okay bethany like maybe like a little sprinkle or like get some water on them and it's fine no they actually their fabric passed rain test aatcc 35 2000 i don't know what that means but after looking it up it tests, it really like measures the resistance to the penetration of water by impact. I again read this, read this on their website, looked it up to actually see what the heck it was. Still didn't believe it. So I have a couple pairs and I put them on, went right to the barn, into the wash rack, and I ran the hose over my leg. And I was absolutely shocked how the water literally ran off my leg. Normal, you know, like riding breeches. Not to mention they fit so well. They're so stretchy. They're so flattering. There's a zipper in the back, um, you know, right below your waist um, band that literally holds your phone so you don't have to like wear anything or have worry about your phone slipping out of your pocket. It's just like so well made. And to top it off, the fabric is not only comfortable stretchy incredible it's literally rain resistant which is just i think so revolutionary for our sport so you've heard enough from me blabbering on you need to go try them for yourself because i didn't believe it until i tried them for myself so go visit their website it's wonequestrian.com. equestrian.com so whether or not equestrian.com again that's wonequestrian.com. Get yourself a pair of these breeches and tell me I'm wrong, I dare you. They changed my life and I cannot wait to ride in them in Florida and in Kentucky all summer. I mean, truly, thanks to whether or not equestrian, rain does not have to freak you out anymore. So go check them out. You will not be sorry.
1: When you are looking for a horse, in three-day eventing for someone who isn't super familiar with the sport is there an angle that or like kind of like a a strategy to picking a horse that does better in one of the others well i think that as
2: our sport evolves right now i think that for me if you have a good skill of riding horses on the flat i think finding a horse that is a very careful jumper Mm -hmm. Is a key quality. Um, you know, they do have to be brave because cross country is still difficult and it's big. And the big five stars, you know, you you have some serious bravery questions. Right. But I think the ideal event horse, as as modern day today, it would be you know a fifty percent thoroughbred type that is a very careful jumper.
1: I'm heading into the- I believe it was, yeah, it was the show jumping portion of the three day. you were the leading rider, which obviously it was the first u s. rider to be leading in fifteen years. But so what was that like? Do you like coming in on top? Does it do you like psych yourself out when you're coming in on top? What was that like for you mentally and and your nerves? For me, like I've been doing it long enough. I mean, I guess in the grand scheme
2: of things, I've really only been doing this at the advanced level for 15 years, which Mm -hmm. isn't that long. Um, But for me, I always put the pressure on myself of wanting a clear round. I've been able to learn how to compartmentalize and kind of learn to get myself in the zone so that I can perform the best of my ability. I will say that that's an important piece to... I think being successful, you having the ability to get yourself into the same place, no matter where you're at, no matter if I'm at home at a local show, I always want to jump clean and I always want to put pressure on myself to have a very good round. So I try to practice putting that pressure on myself, no matter where I'm at. And Going into Kentucky, I will say there was probably a 10 minute window between the four star and the three star show or the four star and the and the five star show jumping. I had a moment of I'm going to be a hero or a zero today. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I quickly pushed it out of my head and went, you know what, you you're going to just do what you do. And the horse, you know, Lexus well, he feels great. He feels Mm -hmm. healthy. And there's absolutely no reason why he can't jump double clear. So um, I will say, you know, before I got on, and I was just kind of having it all sink in, I tried to visualize that feeling of the fact that I am first going into show jumping. And at that moment, I went, wow, like, this could be really great. And it could be really (laughs) horrible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So
1: I feel like resiliency is a big theme for you. What does resilience mean to you? And why do you think it's so important to be so resilient as an equestrian? I think with, especially in the
2: eventing, I mean, I will say that this is definitely sports. You're only as good as the horse that's underneath you. And then you have to be a student of the sport. I will say that I feel like, As I've grown up and I've seen other people succeed or fail, I feel like there's this feeling of like people become kind of a victim of their circumstance. And, you know, as I've reflected back on my success with being able to win the Kentucky Five Star, I feel like that would be kind of a a very good example or a good statement that I haven't become a victim of my circumstance. And so often, you know, we're we're not on the right horse or we're not in the right place or, you know, we are going through a bit of bad luck Mm -hmm. or something, you know, unfortunate happens. And people I I feel like if you're not resilient, those become the things that define you. And and limit you. And I, for whatever reason, I never felt like I couldn't do it. I felt like I just had to keep at it. And, you know, I've, I was talking to somebody about it just recently. And um, sometimes you see these riders have a lot of success mm-hmm. early on in their career, and then they almost disappear. And rarely do you see them come back And, but then if you see somebody who's kind of been ticking along and, you know, hitting kind of a minor home run and having a win and then kind of just like, you know, going along for the ride and they're just, it's like a slow and steady process. And then they finally reach that level of success going through that difficult piece of what happens to everyone where, you know, where they're, you get to the top of your mountain and you have all this success, there's definitely always going to be another mountain on the other backside. And so I just feel like I've in my mind had so many big aspirations and dreams that even the successes that I've had, even this success feels like it's just another stepping stone to something even bigger and better. So definitely. um I don't know why I've had that, you know, that mentality. I think it's just in my makeup.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely a healthy mentality because I think you definitely hit the nail on the head with, um, you know, how important being resilient in the sport is because it is, I mean, for, for many of us fortunate enough, it is a lifelong sport and a lifelong career. And so being able to, um, really think I know it's so overused the saying it's um, a marathon and not a sprint, but it really truly is. I mean, you have to peak multiple times with your horses, you know, multiple times a year. And it's not something that, you know, you have this three-year window of being at your, at the height of your your ability, and then that's it, so really being able to understand that there, it's going to, there's going to be ebbs and flows, you're never going to stay, you know, at the top, there's always, you know, there's so many factors in the sport that it's impossible, you know, obviously, everyone always says we don't, we don't ride machines, and if we did, like, you know, it wouldn't be, the how enjoyable and like the for the reason why we love the sport is you know the right. relationships that we have with the horses so i think that's such a great perspective and it always is it seems like something that people talk about but um it real, it's it's cool to see i feel like you're really living it i mean yeah it feels
2: it, it it feels that way for sure and i feel like if if it can be inspiring to someone who kind of feels like it's impossible you know because so often it does feel that way Definitely. Um, I feel like this win can be inspiring to people to kind of keep fighting and keep pushing and keep their head down and keep after what, you know, they've been dreaming and wanting to achieve.
1: What would you say is something that you're passionate about in the industry that you feel like people either don't talk a lot about or don't know enough about? you know,
2: collectively, I'm extremely passionate about all areas of equestrian sports. I mean, I love horses. So I I love seeing, you know, how they able to do what they're able to do. They're just such majestic creatures. But I think that I feel like so many people get into a regimented and rigid way of thinking how they train their horses is kind of like for instance being from the west coast is a big component to uh, and and challenge to doing this sport at the top level and on so many different levels i i mean we'd be here all day talking about them but one (laughs) of the most most difficult things i think is getting people to understand that kind of it doesn't matter where you live and what you You know, your demographic area, ultimately, if you have a very good foundation and a good team that supports you and you have the right people um, mentoring you and guiding you, that you can kind of do it from wherever you want to do it from. And I feel like in our sport, especially, there's this false idea that. If you want to be serious about your career, then you must be in one specific area or you have to create, you have to take this avenue in order to achieve, you know, what you, what you want to achieve. And that for me is, has been something that I've had to struggle with, with, you know, many, many people throughout my career and to prove myself, you know, being kind of on the, outer skirts. And so I think that's an important piece that people should understand that, you know, no matter where you're at, your community and where you are, there's something to be said for your own base of support. And there's something to be said of sticking kind of true to your roots to the point where you stay very connected to where you are, if, if that's what you choose, and not get pressured into feeling like you it's you're incapable of of achieving greatness. If you if you kind of live outside of the gates of normal, and right. I would say that I hope that people uh, understand that they can, you know, you you <laughs> can do whatever you want to do, um, wherever you want to do it, if you get the right people behind you and really achieve a serious level of foundation so that you can then go on to, you know, doing whatever you want. People are being spoken to about how, no, you can't do it from there. You can't do it. I mean, and this is in all countries, not just the United States. And so I think it's more difficult here because we are such a large country. So it's spoken about um, more, but for me, I hope to be an example of that, and that I can somehow prove to people that they can do this from there wherever they are, if they you know have a great foundation, and a good right. you know a good team around them,
1: definitely, yeah, I think that that's a great point, well, Tammy, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. I think you have such an incredible story and um I think it's you know obviously so incredible to see um especially Kentucky and I know you have so many incredible fans like switching gears lately I had um on my other Instagram account my equestrian style I have been styling top riders um of like what I would have them wear for a jog oh yes and, I had recommendations and so many people were like, do Tammy, do Tammy. (laughs) So I'm totally (laughs) planning on getting you next. But but thank you so much for being such a a positive light for the industry, especially for the eventing world and beyond. And I'm excited to continue to watch um, your career and your journey. And I wish you all the best.